In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Season season 3 of Better Let Let Me Tell tell You. I know we're going to start recording. I want to go, wake up. But see, wake up San that's what I want to do every time that we come back from, from an interview. When, we, when we're like, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> wake up. So, you know, Tristan is like really into Full House the other day. Oh. And he asked me, he asked me. A couple of days ago, where can we watch Wake Up San Francisco? And I'm like, well, A, we're not in San Francisco. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, are we recording? We are recording. Well, there we go. Wake up. <laughs> Miami, the United States, San Francisco. Welcome to Listen, we episode had, 107. We had some listeners in Singapore last week. So, you know. Wait, so then just wake, just wake up. up. <laughs> So how is everybody in yet another Corona edition episode of uh, Pero let me tell you. Of Wake Up of Wake Up San Francisco? <laughs> Así estamos de mal. Así estamos de que hay you know, un... interesting. If Danny and Becky were still hosting say, Wake Up San Francisco, they would they I mean they live in the same house. That's true. It would be perfect. So so they could just host it, you know, together on the couch, on the couch in the living room. So welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Oy, how are you doing? Is everybody staying safe and wearing their masks to go to Publix? Yes, I am wearing my Martha of Miami Tapate la Boca mask. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny to see. Um, well, no, because Martha's masks are actually, she made them into masks. Yeah, yeah, and she um, donates one for everyone that, that gets sold. Yeah, um, but it's funny to see um, like other people like what they turned into masks. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a, a public the other day. There was a guy that I, I 
I couldn't, I couldn't quite decipher it because, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to stand there and look at him. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it was like underwear. <laughs> like underwear, underwear, or like a tanga? <laughs> no, Chico, like, uh, you know, briefs. Oh, okay. No, because I feel like a tanga would be more comfortable to wear. So we have reached that point, I think, in the coronavirus where... <laughs> I, I don't want to say the worst is behind us because I am not a medical professional. Right. Unlike the president who thinks he is. Right. I'm not a medical <laughs> professional. But I think we reached the point in the coronavirus, which is one of the things I wanted to discuss this um, week, this week, which is the part that I was hoping we it didn't come to this, but you knew it was going to come to this. When now, now you know you have people that are just, you know, angry and right, right. want to go and protest. And mind you, this the was protest, an issue where the, the protests are fantastic, by the way. The, the, the enemy here was the coronavirus, right? It's not, you know. It's not higher taxes. Entity, it's, it's not, not... entity or a law. It's the coronavirus. So, right. you know, one of the things that when all this ha started going down that I, I think I may have mentioned it on the show or I may have mentioned it to you. It was that I thought, well, you know, Maybe the silver lining of this, because this is a tragedy. I mean, let's not forget that this right. is a tragedy. And, and I know that, you know, here, especially on our show, we try to make light of it and kind of. Right, but, it's, but it, is an, it, is a, it is an illness. It is a virus. It is causing death. It is causing, and, you know, yes. unemployment. It is, I mean, there's. Uh, over you know, 45,000 people in the U.S. have died. You know, that's a, that's a staggering number. And. You know, one of the things when this first started in those first couple of weeks was that I really thought and felt that I was like, you know, maybe it takes a tragedy like this for right. people to, like, get rid of this freaking bipartisan, you know, to come issue together. that we have here, you know, and, and really because this was this was an, this was like the first thing that we could all agree as a society that we were all against. Right. You know, right. This, we had, this was we had to control enemy. it. We had to figure it out. Yeah. We literally were all in this together. So when you even see celebrities taking a step back and like talk shows being done at home, like you know Jimmy Fallon and um, I'll say Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, and all that, you're like, oh no, this is for right now. We really are stuck in this together. Right. But of course, we can't have those things. Más temprano, <laughs> más tarde, más temprano, alguien la tenía que joder. Yeah, we can't. So have nice now things. we have we have all these people, you know, protesting about the stay-at-home order. So what what is your take on that? Well, I think you know, I I say it's okay for them to protest. You know, that that's fine. You can go ahead and protest and. That is one of our rights as American citizens. Now, I'm going to put a big old asterisk next to it because if you are one of the protesters, when you get the coronavirus, they should literally just put you on a raft and send you to the middle of the ocean to die because, oh, it wasn't serious? Oh, you needed a haircut, Becky? Oh, you wanted to go eat at Hooters, Jared? Well, guess what? You know what? Now you get to do it. Until you die, which according to statistics is within two weeks. Enjoy. You know, I, I, I have zero sympathy, you know, for those people. It's like those pastors who it's like, you know, no, you know, ignore the orders. Come to church. We need to come to church. You need to come to church. God needs you at church. And then they die. I don't really feel bad. I don't really feel bad. I, I'm like Darwinism at its best, quite frankly. Oh, my gosh. So, um, so that's the difference between... Uh... 
<laughs> you and I. Um, I mean, I wouldn't put them on um, <laughs> on a death raft <laughs> to go to the middle of the uh, ocean. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, I think that obviously people have the right to protest. Uh, you know, as you said, you can protest whatever you want. The 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 the, the problem here is that we're now getting into things that things are getting out of hand. Because, for example, I think we can all agree that the economy, the, the economy, saving the economy is something that is a priority. Absolutely. Listen, I, I'm a small business owner. My business in March and in April has been non-existent. Yeah. Like, really nothing. I think I may have mentioned it here. Like, nothing. I went from... I think I got one case in in, in April, right? Yeah, we're so already at the end of April. You are feeling right? it firsthand. So I am feeling it. I am feeling it. So I, I, you know, if this goes on, like when I'm talking about months and months and right, months. Right, right, right. So I understand the frustration of people, especially of small businesses. I'm a small business owner. I have a small business. There's five of us in that business, right? My business completely died when all of this was right. starting to happen. You know, thankfully, I, I have gotten the stimulus check. That did help. I, you know, I had prepared for this a little bit. So right. I'm okay for right now. But if this goes on much longer, I'm going to have to get creative in terms of what I do for income. So I understand it because I am in that situation as well. But you know what? As bad as the economy can get, as bad as it can get, I think being dead is worse. <laughs> Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I think being dead is worse. What I love, especially with these protesters, is that, you know, they're out there protesting. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. But they're all wearing gloves. They're all wearing masks. They're all, you know, they're, no, some they're, of them are, but some of them are not. Right. But if you think that it's not that bad, you should be out there in, you know, pasties and short shorts. I mean, like, bring so, it on. Well, bring well, it on, well, virus. You know? really, what really bothers me, and again, people have the right to protest. People have the right to do whatever they want. Is that they, they're making this whole First Amendment argument that these are my rights, that, you know, blah, 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 blah. First of all, first of all, under a national emergency, things including the Bill of Rights can be altered under a national emergency. For God's sake, the United States has a right to call martial law, right? right? And if they were to call so. martial law, guess what? Your bill of your sacred Bill of Rights will not function the way they should function. Right. So that's that's it's like first of all, know 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 the law. If you really want to get to the nitty gritty, that requires there yet that, in terms that, of martial law. That requires reading, which most protesters can't be bothered with. We're not there, but but my 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 whole thing with the people protesting, and look look, I'll grant you this: a lot of people are really upset in Michigan, right? I I read the 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 rules in Michigan. Yeah, why they're is super, why is Michigan the like the the center? They're super extreme. Like you can't buy paint, you can't buy upholstery, you know, stuff like that, which. I'm not sure why the governor of Michigan put that on there, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, they thought that that was, you know, for the, for Michigan, it was important. Mm -hmm. So I understand people being upset and I understand people questioning her like, Hey, why can't we go buy a, you know, we're stuck at home all day. Might as well remodel the house, right? Or <laughs> eat the house, you know, but you, it's know true. What? you have it's the right true. to question right. your leadership. 
And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when you go to the Capitol in Michigan, to Lansing, and you stand in front of there, you know, a lot of people were not wearing masks. You stand in front of there with, with um, it, together with obviously not respecting social distancing. There were people with guns. There were people with the Confederate flag. Why, why, now this, why were there guns? Like, why were there guns? This, Who right, were they, were they going to shoot right, at microscopes? Because this turns into then another argument that it's like the, these are all pro-Trump people that it's them against the world. And what what I what you what I've never quite understood it's like your guy is in charge, your guy is the president. What are you so pissed off about? Like, you know, just so, but my my biggest 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 problem with these people, and again, I understand them because I am in the same boat as I am. You know what? I have a house. I have a family. I have people that you know. So you know, I support. I understand them. Right. Nobody, nobody is shitting on that argument. But what really bothers me about those people protesting in that way is the fact that it's all about them, right? It's about them that they can't go out and they can't work right. and they can't this when they're completely omitting the fact that they can carry that disease. Give it to somebody, and that person either gets sick or die. That is the problem. That is the part that like boggles my mind. Because you do say, "Well, it's a, it's the type of disease that when well, you're negligent, you it's get an, it, and you it's, die, an, it, it's an STD. Like in order for you to right. get it, you really you know some you have to take it a step further." Right. But this, you know, just by breathing in the vicinity of someone, you can infect them. But no, no, it's about me, 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 me and my rights and your, you, you know, my First Amendment rights. And it's it's ridiculous. Now, I understand, though. But, my this point, is where, but again, it's your point is it's it's not even it's almost like not even becoming about that anymore because it's no longer if if they would all go out and just be like open the economy now open the economy now well you know what like it hated agree disagree but that's you can you can get behind or you can have that discourse but it turns into you know oh because you're a bleeding heart liberal it's like no because i don't want no, people to die people. Chico, you <laughs> give this a couple of more weeks. <laughs> you give this a couple of more weeks. What I find fascinating, aside from the fact that they haven't blamed on Obama yet, is how there's all these other just crazy ass rumors. Like, did you know that 5G causes the coronavirus? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 5G. Oh, well, thank Thankfully, Miami is not one of the biggest hotspots for 5G. I know, but I, but I will say, I mean, if I'm going to get the coronavirus, I do want to get it at lightning fast speeds like 5G. You know, right. I don't want to. Let me ask you oh, something. Getting it forever. Do you get it faster? Do you get it faster when you're on Verizon or T-Mobile? It depends. Because there's only two 5G carriers now. Yeah, it depends on the hub. It depends on on the the the, the antenna you're nearest. Yes. Oh, okay. Sure. Because I think that Verizon T-Mobile's 5G is not as fast, but it's more consistent than right, right. So, than Verizon's. Yeah. So maybe in T-Mobile's you'll get it quicker, but get a like. Get it, get the illness, not as bad. And when, I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, how is anybody arguing that? This is again, like I always say, this is where we can't have nice things. This is the world we are living in right now. Where it's now, like- well, what I was going to say was that now I understand that these people protesting. This is just a couple of hundred people. Like, right. this is not these mass. It's right. It's not protests. the March on Washington. It's not right. right. These are just a couple hundred people. I, being the media, I would not give them Don't. that attention. Likewise, I would. 
I would, that's like, you know what I would do? So let's now shift from that to leaders, because I think that's something that's really coming out of this whole coronavirus debacle is how much certain like political leaders have failed us and the ones that have risen in a time of need, which is really when you need them, right? Right, yeah. One of the things that I think is really interesting, um, and I think everybody knows uh, our opinion on the president, uh, we're not fans of Trump. No. Um, I also am not the type of person to bash Trump and be like, son of a bitch. Rah, 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 rah. What I, it's, if it wouldn't be such a tragic situation, it would be hilarious. It's almost, it would be hilarious because you know my thing with him as much as I don't like him and as much as he's proven time and time and time and time and time again to be completely incompetent of doing the right thing, maybe it's just my, that I'm an, an optimist person. <laughs> I always have hope that somehow he's going to rise to the occasion in this will be that this, next, right. This will be that thing. This will be, be the, the, right. Be, it's the, even though I don't like a man and I want him out of office and I don't, don't, don't like him. I'm always like hopeful. I'm like, you know what? But ultimately it's Maybe our country. Now, it's our collective it's country. Still up, it's still up on it because you know what? I'm of the opinion that as much as I may dislike a president, I don't ultimately want the president to fail because a president failing can be the country failing. Exactly. Right? I, I subscribe in large part to that logic, unless, you know, the president wants to pass some type of laws that I'm like, no. Right. Um, but you know, I, I, there's a part of me that was like, please, please, please do this the right way. But of course, you know, mm. why would he ever do anything <laughs> the right way? So what I found really interesting, which, you know, happened last week, but now with this whole coronavirus thing, it's like every day things change, is last like week when he, when he um, declared himself a, a sovereign, like a king, King Trump, you know, I have the power to do whatever I want under, you know, I'm the president of the United States. I haven't, like, he, he was one hair short from saying, I have unlimited power. Actually, wait, I think he did say that. <laughs> like, I have all the power in the world, right? And then, because no, the man me, doesn't know let me anything add, about no, the Constitution. No, let, let me ask you something, now that you bring that up, because I, 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 he does I'm of two minds with this. Do you think he says that because he genuinely believes that, or do you think he says it because... At this point in the presidency, in this point in the game, shall we say, he understands that the more ludicrous sounding the things that he says, the quicker it's going to get spread. And the quicker it's either A, going to rile up his fan base or rile up his opposition and keep him in the media, keep him in the public eye, keep him in the conversation, which ultimately I think is, as I've said before, I don't think Trump is good. I don't think Trump is evil. I think Trump just cares about Trump. And whatever is going to benefit Trump is what Trump does. <laughs> so I, I sometimes wonder if he says these types of things. He may not. Okay, he's not a constitutional scholar. Like, fair enough. Like, he's just he's not. Okay, fine. But I wonder if sometimes he says these outrageous, landish things because okay. he knows people are going to grab it, run with it. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. <clears throat> George Bush, mm-hmm. W. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush was not known to be a bright guy. Yeah, he had like but that odd, like, Bush, all shucks, you know. Kinda. But George, George Bush, w, for better right. or for worse, knew that. And George Bush, like all presidents, you know, because Obama, for example, was a constitutional scholar, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have to be a constitutional scholar when you're a president to have a staff that right. advises you right. so when you go on 
to address the nation or address you know the what world. to avoid and you are prepared you have your script you have right. your speech that man trump goes into that room and just starts talking and starts talking and whatever they start asking him he starts answering whether it's wrong whether it's a lie whether it's not accurate whether it's unconstitutional it doesn't really matter he's just gonna talk so that's why the other day yes obviously as president of the united states you have it a large amount of power, but you don't have unlimited power, right. and you certainly don't have unlimited uh, powers over the states. That's why that is called federalism. Right. <laughs> Little term that you should know if you are the president of the United States, right? And the federal government does not have complete control over the states. And it, it, it's always been that way. It's in the Constitution. Now, I understand that he doesn't know the Constitution. And somebody who would be more humble than him, right. maybe like a George W. Bush, but maybe somebody like him. Would, well, but George would W. Bush be, wasn't. I mean, he was just he was just dumb. You know what I mean? Like, and and we've had many quote unquote dumb yeah, presidents. Yeah, I've, I've said it know? before. I think George W. Bush. You may disagree with his presidency, and he did a bunch of mistakes. But I never thought that he was like a bad person. I, I just thought that he was very ill-advised. Um, he had challenges that, yeah, no you know, at president. that point, yeah. no other president had, you know, with 9-11 and terrorism being a reality. And Katrina and just, I mean. And, and all that stuff. Yeah. So I just think he was very ill-advised and he made a lot of bad decisions. But ultimately, I didn't think, I thought George Bush wanted what was best for the country, whatever in his mind that was. Whereas I don't believe that from Trump, I, as you said, I think Trump wants what's best for him. What's I mean, he's been talking about the ratings of these press yes. briefings and yes. conferences every day. He talks about ratings. Like, are you serious? Like, there's people dying. This pandemic has gotten out of control, and you're talking about ratings. So back to what I was saying. He he goes on there and he just declares himself a monarch. You know, Mark Trump, you know, and then the next day, you know, obviously when he left that room, you know, in front of the reporter, somebody pulled him aside and be like, hey, listen, by the way, what you said was wrong. <laughs> you need to recant. And then the next day, he pretty much goes out there and says, no, the states can do what they want. The states need to determine what they want want to do and then so, so that was like two, monday he says he's a he, king trump <laughs> on tuesday he says no that the states are the ones who need to determine what you know mean, a right. plan on what they're going to do and all that and then on wednesday he tweets which this is i think one of the worst things he's ever done liberate michigan liberate wisconsin liberate minnesota yeah what are those those, were those are fighting words those are those are the most but again again it's 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 sad. It's sad that this man has so little self-confidence in himself that he needs to constantly seek the validation of of, of people. Now that we're talking about leaders, I want to talk about another catastrophic leader. The one from Vegas. Carolyn Goodman, the mayor of Vegas. Have you seen her interview with so Anderson Cooper? I have not. So for, for me and our listeners, give us like a, a Cliff Notes version of, of what she... Because I've been seeing about it, but I haven't really seen it. So Carolyn Goodman is the mayor, the mayor of Las Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. So clearly Las Vegas, who I, what is it, 99.9% .9 of their economy is based on gambling and tourism. Yeah, pretty two much. Two things that are completely dead right now, Yeah, right? 
her city is hurting, obviously. Obviously. And um, she, she, I think Las Vegas is losing. I forget the number, but I think it's like eight million. I don't know if it's two million or eight wow. million, but millions in right. gambling taxes per day. So there, we don't need to go on in terms of how much yeah. they're hurting. Absolutely right. So she is totally for the strip opening up again, right? So Anderson Cooper was like, so how do you practice social distancing in a casino? She's like, I don't know. I don't go to the casinos. And he's like, okay, so what do you, what are you going to tell like restaurants and, you know, and establishments that open? What, what rules are you going to put in place? And she, she's like, um, uh, any restaurant or any boutique or any business that opens, it's their problem determining how they're going to restrict people. That's not my job. That's not my problem. And it's like, she excuse said me. I'm like, I'm like, excuse me. No, 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 wait. That is, that is literally your job. Your job as mayor is the welfare of the constituents of your city. No, that is literally your job. That's like the top of the job description, darling. <laughs> Carolyn Goodman. And you know what I think is really That's interesting about her? Although she she's a very classy older woman. She's right. 81 years old. Oh, wow. So she's she would be one of the people that's most susceptible you know true that's true yes and anderson cooper was like what (laughs) because he was not i mean he maybe was expecting double speak but not that you know spin (laughs) but not like yeah no no i you know i shouldn't need to tell them what to do um (laughs) it's up to them to do it's not my job to do that (laughs) but you're the mayor (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of your only job description. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, yes, okay, at the end of the day, a business is what will determine if they're going to, you know, only open up every, you know, if it's a restaurant, they're only going to open up every three tables or I don't know, whatever. But but you have to provide at least guidelines. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, and look, and look, so let me, you know, let me give some credit. I don't know if this was Trump. I don't know if it was his people. The federal guidelines that came out, I actually don't think they're that bad. Because they pretty much say that in order for um, a state, I guess, I guess it would be on the state level, mm-hmm. to lift um, or ease some of the restrictions, it has to have a consecutive 14-day period yes. where the reported cases, like the new reported cases of the virus, mm-hmm. are, are done. So obviously, if less cases start popping up um, then you can for 14 start opening days, up, right? you could start the process now obviously there's a counter argument to that that not enough people are being tested and not enough people uh there's not enough testing available um so and then that is a very valid counter argument so so anyway so yeah i think one of the things that good and bad that has come out of this is that we're seeing certain people flourish you know Mm -hmm. like for example andrew cuomo uh, has been a rock star in this whole situation. Um, you know who's also like been really awesome, and he he doesn't get as much um, airtime. <laughs> airtime is I and I forgot his name now. Is the governor of Maryland, who's actually a Republican, and he has he has when he's disagreed with Trump, he has disagreed with him. He you know what he did. You know why um, he disagrees with Trump, right? Why? Well, because clearly, I mean, he's from Maryland. He's a fan of the wretched. Of the wretched. <laughs> from Baltimore, from Baltimore Maryland. Maryland. 
Um, all of our lives, that's been our favorite episode of the Cosby Show, and it finally becomes a a meme. Uh, a, a meme. We have to post that on our on yeah, our Instagram. We should, we should. Um, he, his wife, actually is from South Korea. And South oh, Korea man. actually has been one of the few countries that like nipped this in the butt. Yeah, they were and efficient he as nego- hell. Negotiated um, with her, you know, her helping a uh, deal with South Korea where they bought or they're supplying them with like six or seven hundred thousand testing kits. Oh wow! Right, because Trump in one of these um in one of these um briefings, Trump called him out. Because, it, you know, he had been critical, the governor of Maryland, right. of the testing procedures. And Trump was like, oh, I don't know why he doesn't, you know, what his problem is. Because look at look at Maryland, and he puts them up in Maryland. Look how many testing air, um, laboratories they have in Maryland. Look at all these laboratories. Look, mm-hmm. look, look, look at all these labs. And the, the guy from Maryland was like, yeah, first of all, those labs, okay, are federal labs, not state labs. And secondly... It doesn't matter how many labs I have. If I don't have testing kits, yeah, you can you, you can take all the samples you want. If you don't have a way to test it, what have you done? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so somebody like him. So the reason I bring that up is because obviously, you know, in this situation, we've seen also some organizations and some people, some things be extremely greedy. So let's talk a little bit about the Shake Shack incidents. Oh, and man. the Harvard debacle. Well, I don't know about the Harvard one. I know that Shake Shack was one of the one of the companies that applied for a small business loan because you know when I think small business, I immediately think of Shake Shack, um, right. along with Ruth Chris and I, I forget some of the other companies. Now, in Shake Shack's defense, they did get the money and they are giving it back. They are in the process of giving it back. They never should have applied in the first place. But at least, damn it, we were able to shame them into doing the right well, thing. Well, an argument has been made because remember that. So the the that's the payment protection plan, which mm-hmm. is for businesses, small businesses, right, right. to get a loan or money from the government right, to make so payroll they can and things like that. Pay, right, pay their their clients. I'm sorry, their employees um, was to be handled by banks. Right. Mm-hmm. So when a bank gives a loan for millions and millions of dollars their fees are obviously going to be higher right. than if, like, for example, if I were to get that plan for my office, I don't need $10 million. Right. I need maybe, you know, let's say I'm couple, making up the number, $30,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the fees for me would not be anywhere near like a 20 or $10 million loan. Right. So an argument, you know, some people have been saying that banks prioritize these bigger businesses because banks were given this money and and they were left not, to their own devices, basically. Right, and you know you could never trust the bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and as we know from two thousand eight and two thousand nine, um, so they gave these loans. Ruth Chris, Ruth Chris got twenty million. I mean, criminy. And it's just not Ruth Chris. It's like Ruth Chris. Like it's a chain of restaurants. See, see, like see, a, see, see. It's under it's, that it's, brand. It's the portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shake Shack, like especially, got a ten million dollar loan, and the company had a profit, I think, in the first quarter of seventy five million dollars. So con qué cara tú vas a coger ese dinero? Right. When there are with, people who who are literally trying to keep their lights on. Right. Why don't people go and protest that? Right. Right. Those are the right? things where it's just like you know what? If you want to go protest, I will back you up. 
but you got to protest the right things. Right. Why don't people go and protest in front of their local Ruth's Chris? Their you know, local shake and shop. Say, hey, or, yeah. hey, hey, Ruth's Chris, you know, company, you guys took $20 million, and that $20 million could have saved, I don't know how many small businesses. Hey, maybe I'll why don't people- You know what? I live in the Gables with a lot of small businesses and a Ruth Chris. Maybe I'll organize people. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then the other one was Harvard. So... Mm. So under under this whole stimulus package, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right, there is money that's supposed to go to schools. Okay. Right? So Harvard got $8 million. Yale got like $6 million. Princeton got another like uh, 8 or $9 million. Stanford got uh, también somewhere in that ballpark. ¿Y cuánto so le dieron these, al FIU? <laughs> so, but not even FIU. I'm not even going to go to FIU. Um, all these schools that are elite schools, right. that a large percentage of their students come from wealthy backgrounds. And they're legacy right? students, a lot of them. Right. They're legacy students. So, so Harvard, Harvard, Harvard had to change their tune because Harvard, today is Federal Friday. On Wednesday of this week, mm-hmm. Harvard was saying it was not going to return the $10 million. And today it said it did because they got a lot of shit. Do you know how much the endowment of Harvard is? Hmm. I don't even. I, I can't even fathom a number. It is forty billion with a B. And they can't afford to pay their staff. Forty billion. Really? So when they before they re, no because before they refuse to because this money could be spent for anything in the school. But what is there so, to spend it on? There's nobody going to class. So before because they said that they've had to take up all these costs to move the. Um, move to the school the school online i'm like okay well so what you have a 40 billion dollar endowment yeah dip into the fun bitch yeah you have a 40 billion dollar endowment it's freaking harvard law school i mean people die and either entire state to harvard yeah. you know like these elite schools these, these elite schools have yeah. endowments in the billions right exactly so they were saying which made me even mad because this is like a pr pr bullshit they were saying that um, they, um, then no, they were going to use the $10 million to give to their students. So like students that had like, uh, housing costs because of the coronavirus and all this stuff. And I'm thinking like, first of all, how much money, like if anything, you're saving money from being stuck in your dorm all day. Right. right. Um, and most of these kids, because I've been in that world, I know, people in that world in Boston and Cambridge and all that. I know how that works. Most of these people are like very affluent. So it's like, I'm sure they're not struggling yeah. or wondering these students where their next meal yeah. is going to come from. Mumsy, so Mumsy and Dadsicle, I'm sure can sh- pony up the, the rent. Shame on you, Harvard. Shame on you. And at least they got so much shame that they're returning it. The other schools are not. That money should be going. You know where that money should be going? Not even FIU, you know, because FIU is a big university and FIU also has a big endowment. You know where that money should be going to? To community colleges around yeah. the country. That those are those are commun- those are colleges that serve working class people, right? And the ones who need it the most, who are trying to get educated and have the whole world against them, whether because of where they come from or their economy. That's where it should be going to. Not to these freaking elite schools, you know, and all their elite students, right? That and shame on all those schools for taking that money. No. I that is what people should be protesting. That is what people should be getting pissed off about. I don't disagree. No, well, I don't know.
<laughs> oh lord but you know what i i mean all this all this horribleness and all these you know things to get upset about are are you know and again because we're home all we for the most part we have all this time to watch the news and see the news and all that but i i like to think that we've also had time to maybe explore and you know and discover new content and i think a big part of that is due to content creators online finding new ways to just kind of keep it coming and keep us entertained and as loyal listeners of ours will know one of our favorite content creators online is jenny lorenzo now for those and if you've been listening to us (laughs) since day one you know and i hope jenny listens to this part jenny so when we had when we started the podcast, there was a short list of people that we wanted. And yep. it was people from all walks of life, you know, from like celebrities to you know influencers. And Jenny Lorenzo was, I think, either in the top three or top five of our list. She was yep. like at the very top of our list because we, you know, not only because she's very popular and her character of Abuela is spot on and everybody loves, but because you know, she's a Cuban girl from Miami. She's us. But she is <laughs> she is the epitome, like the epitome epitome of like that Miami hustle that she went and she went to LA and you know what she created her own content and she you know she played by kind of her own rules so that's yeah. why we were always very drawn to her like like we need to have her on the show but it's a blessing and a curse because all these wonderful <laughs> things that she does also make her incredibly busy <laughs> so, <laughs> so getting I was about to tell her when we interviewed her, I'm like, Tika, I think it's going to be easier to get Obama on the show than get you. <laughs> because she's out there. I mean, she's out there. She's she is, not, you know, yeah. she's playing around. Absolute so. definition of hustle. So this week, now we have, uh, we finally got her. And so we've got our interview with Jenny Lorenzo coming up right after a word from our sponsor. Oh, let me hint it. It's ish. As you know, Mother's Day is just around the corner, and you also know just how hard it is to shop for your mom or abuela. I mean, they never need anything. Nunca. But canvaspeople.com has the perfect solution. The one thing mommy and abuela love is your smiling face. So why not take that pic from last year's Nochebuena and turn it into a work of art? With a few clicks, upload the pic and create a unique canvas print to display year-round instead of just another run-of-the-mill frame. I mean, ugh, otro cuadro. And if you visit canvaspeople.com now and use promo code PERO, you'll get an 11 by 14 canvas free of charge. That's right, a canvas valued at $76.99 for just the price of shipping and handling if you use the promo code PERO. Así que visit canvaspeople.com today and turn your photos into a canvas-printed work of art. And welcome back, everybody. Now, I know we've had some fantastic guests on the show, and we love all our guests. But I have to say that this guest is, when we first started doing this podcast, she was like maybe top three, top four of the people she was, who were like... She was, in our, she was definitely in our short list. Yeah, our short list of like, we need to get her on the show. But of course... Once we introduce her, you will know that this is probably one of the busiest women alive today. She is the definition yeah. of the Miami hustle. Without further ado, guys, we have Miss Jenny Lorenzo on the show. Jenny, thank you so Finally. much. Finally, girl. <laughs> I'm being up, I love you. <laughs> What's up, everybody? 
live from my couch. <laughs> so, Jenny, let me tell you something, Jenny. I don't think we've had a guest that we've had to hustle more to get than you because we really wanted wanted you to be on the show because, you know, you're really epitome oh, of we what do. we want to, you know, what we do um, and what we like to showcase. And I'm like, we pulled every contact we can to get you. But it's hard to get you when you're ruling the world, you know? It's so... No, that makes me sound way more important than what I am. No, 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 no. No, pero... It's not, it's not about making you sound important. It's about saying la verdad, which is that you are a one. You, you're a one woman army. Oye, you write, you produce, you act, you direct, you write. I mean, like, and on top of that, you work with, you, you have like paid partnerships and paid sponsorships. You are a one woman industry. And that is damn, yeah. damn right we're going to commend you for that. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I thank you. So, Jenny, like, we do with all of our guests, you know, for those, well, everybody knows you, but for all intents and purposes, for those who don't, tell us a little bit about you and how, how you, you know, how you grew up and, and what inspired you to do what you're doing now. So, I'm <laughs> like, how far do I go back? I feel like Sophia from the Golden Girls. <laughs> Picture it, Sicily. Picture Hialeah, 1987. I <laughs> actually, I was born in '86. Pero, um, yeah. So I was, you know, born and raised in Miami. Lived there most of my life. I've only been living in LA for about a little over five years. And so, and that's funny in and of itself because a lot of people who watch my videos, uh, they think that I still live in Miami. Trick, mm -hmm. yeah. Can't um, imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best to make like my videos look very Miami so that it doesn't, you know, throw people off. But so, yeah, you know, I was, it's hard not to come up with comedy and comedic situations when you're from Miami. Y'all know <laughs> it is just one of the craziest cities. And out here, you know, in L.A. and Hollywood, I'm always telling people, yo, why are we not telling stories about Miami? And and I get it, like, there have been, but oh, we're not freaking burn notice. So, yeah, like Dexter, tu sabes? it's always like a murder CSI, tu sabes? or like a telenovela, Every, all these women look the same. And I'm like, okay, like, that's, <laughs> it's not really Miami, but okay. Like, you know, it's 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 a little small portion of Miami. It's right. not even the full thing. So, yeah, bro, like, you know, raised in a, you know, small middle class Cuban family. I say small because it's actually reality. I have a very small Cuban family. Uh, and now wait, you know, small, rare, small, right? small by Cuban. Okay, I was gonna say small by Cuban standards, or just or actually by small. Cuban standards, okay. yeah. Okay. I I only have um four first cousins. That's total. wow. Okay, yeah, for Cuban that is wow. very small. That is very small. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know, you know how it is in Miami. Everyone's family, anyway. True. So you still feel yeah. like you're part of this giant pachanga. <laughs> everybody um, is everybody is your prima or your tia. Everybody. Exactly. Like, you know, my best friend, you know, her kids call me Tia and I'm not at all related. So that's just how it is. Um, yeah. And it's a thing when you grow up and you realize that those people are not really blood related to you. You're like, oh, you're really not my Tia. <laughs> like, why did I call her Tia Consuelo for like 30 freaking years? And okay, it's not changing yeah. now. 
my whole life is like <laughs> exactly but but no yeah like that's I was mainly raised you know um by my maternal grandparents and obviously my parents so if I wasn't with my parents I was with my mom's parents mm-hmm. and we had you know I was born in Hialeah and then raised in Westchester and that's where I stayed the rest of my life that's where I went to school where'd you go to school um, uh-huh. so my whole life was right across Bird Bowl <laughs> oh my god that's oh, our, so that's is our. We're, our neighborhood we're yeah. Westchester we went we went to Southwest <laughs> You know, that would have been my school if I went to public school. Oh, where'd you go? Uh, you went to St. St. Brendan? I did. Ah, uh, okay. Le- like know, a good Catholic Miami girl. <laughs> you know, bless my mom. Um, she she wanted my sister and I to have a private school education. And it's it's funny because when I say private, especially out here, right? I tell people, yeah, I went to private school. Everyone assumes that I'm Coral Gables rich. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, no, Maria, I, that was, we were not that family. We, uh, my mom, you know, my, my parents struggled a lot to put us in, like basically every penny they made went into school. Right. That's it. Mm. Um, so it was kind of an odd struggle going to private school with actual rich people. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so See, but I was bullied a lot, you know. But by I feel the like, girls, but, yes, but, but but St. Brendan had a good mix, though, right? I mean, of of the haves and the have-nots. It did. St. Brendan, St. Brendan, um, was definitely, and again, great education there, but it wasn't like a Carrollton, right? Right, right, um, right, right. So it was, it was a school that was a private school that was definitely more affordable. For sure. Yeah. Um, compared to other private schools. So, yeah. There was definitely a mix of, like, kids like me, um, pero también super, super rich. Sí, sí, sí. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they had, so, like, a yacht and they would go to La Regala or whatever the hell that's called. Oh, know, like, and it, it, it Columbus Day, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Columbus so, that's all, oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jenny, one, of the, one of the things about you is that in terms of, like, videos and you know the the contents out there on youtube you were you know definitely in the group of like one of the first how how did you start off with these videos even before we get into the abuela segment which that's my favorite but like what what how how did you start off with these videos were you inspired by other people um how, how did you start in that medium so since i was a kid i was already acting since I was five years old. Anybody who follows you has seen those videos. You were adorable, by the way. <laughs> I thank you. <laughs> I, I had to listen. I had to rely on my company because I was fake when I was a kid. So, no, you were not. Shut oh, up. You were cute. Listen, made up of No empiece. I was. <laughs> well, no, you didn't see my puberty photos. Maybe as a kid, kid, I was. Oh, high, okay, but, okay, okay. But you know, you gotta, you gotta like, okay, let me build a personality here because if not, the whole yeah. So I, I love comedy since I was very little. That's all I wanted to do was like just do theater, and it was almost like a. I just liked playing different characters, mm-hmm. even then when I didn't know exactly why. You know what I mean? You start mm-hmm. just liking shit, right? And then you grow up and you look back and you're like, oh damn, I've been into this for a long time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what it is because no one else in my family is an actor. So I have, you know, my mom raised me watching a lot of like Nick at Night, you know, I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. The Carol Burnett Show, Mama's Family, Vicky right. Lawrence. So I would assume, obviously, I, I my hero was Pee Wee. 
back. <laughs> but it's I'm funny. I'm like, you stay with your Sesame Street. You'll make it look on Pee Wee. But it's funny you mentioned Carol mm-hmm. Burnett because I, I was actually just watching Carol Burnett show last night, and there is shades of 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 that, you know, that that character work in in what you do. Yeah. Yes. Very it's, much it's so. It's definitely it definitely comes through. I mean, and hell, if we're gonna talk influences, you could do a lot worse than Carol Burnett. <laughs> well, yeah, I know they these women that I watched growing up, and and a lot of that old school, you know, vaudeville, yeah. um, lots of physical comedy. Those are the things I studied, and I was a bit of a nerd, you know, growing up. So I remember in the I was in first grade, and one of the popular girls in my class. We were talking about our favorite TV shows. Keep in mind, this is like a tiny Christian school. And she's like, my favorite show is Melrose Place. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my mom would never. It's funny because my mom wouldn't let me watch Melrose Place, but I was able to watch Marimad with my abuela. <laughs> of I'm course. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, mom, do y'all realize well, that novelas in your mother's intense? In your mother's defense, Marimad had a talking dog. So, you know, it was a little more family friendly. Yes, yes, but it still had sex and betrayal, like Meryl's Place. And amnesia. I'm like, okay, I can write these novelas at this point because it's the same shit every time. But. I don't know where I'm going, but right now my brain's everywhere. But but yeah, no, that that was my influence. Like I was just a nerd, and I would watch a lot of Nick at Night. I would listen to oldies. Mm-hmm. So sorry, like I wasn't. I kind of was marching to the beat of my own freaking bongo um, at the time. So so then you decided to do it in front of a camera. Well, back then it got out of work and. And then, you know, back in the day, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, my whole thing was like acting, 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 mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I got older that I was like, you know what? I really like computers. I was a computer nerd. I wanted to be a web mm-hmm. designer, a graphic designer. I dabbled with all of that. Oh, wow. Then I really got into editing. Eventually, that's what led me to go to film school. Okay. And I went to film school at the University of Miami. Oh, okay. So you're, you're a fellow, and... you're a fellow Kane. I'm a fellow Kane, and I'm in debt. Um, so, so, so another thing you and I have in common, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, student loans, super exactly. cool. Why not? You know, it was one of those things that I never, I never thought that I could achieve. That you know, I looked at UM and I was like, ha, I'll never be able to make it to a school like that. But mm-hmm. you know, things happen so quickly, things change. Because I went to Miami Dade first, mm-hmm. and I did theater there and graphic design, and then I realized, why well, don't now to get my bachelor's, you know where do I go? And so I knew I wanted to study film. I didn't want to, I didn't want a bachelor, a bachelor's degree in theater. And so it was honestly one of the best decisions I ever made because I learned a lot in film school. I made a lot of, you know, long lasting friendships. In fact, well, you know, one of my best friends is from film school. He, he, and they all live here. They all live in LA. My other friend, Ernie, he's one of my DPs who shoots some of my sketches and he and I met in film school. Okay. And so that's where all the sketch nice. the sketches started coming. That's where I learned pretty much everything that it takes to to be a one man band and do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. And then I started a YouTube yeah. channel right after I graduated from film school. Right. 
and and bueno, now that you got to the YouTube channel, so we have to talk about the obvious. What you know, I I, I want to say is you're clinging to fame. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's abuela. So I yes. I I think I speak on behalf of everybody that we love abuela and your abuela is our abuela. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your grandmother. And obviously how she inspired your, you know, your version of her and everybody's abuela. Yeah. So like I said earlier, you know, my sister and I spent a great deal of time at my grandparents' house. My abuela would be the one to pick us up from school every day. And we would be there every day after school, our merienda, our freaking, mm -hmm. you know, eating a pisicorre on my grandma's sillon. Pisicorre. <laughs> No one else knows what that is except except Miami Cuban. Um, PC, PC Corre, yeah. PC Corre, bro, like, hello, the normal snack that we all did eat after school. Like, I'm like, yeah. you know, PC Corre. And so I'd be eating a PC Corre. I'd be talking to my friends for hours on the phone while watching Dragon Tales. Que se yo. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, I, it's hard not to study the people you're around. And my grandma was like, everyone's abuela. Somehow they all studied at the same academy <laughs> because they are very much alike. Like, I'm like, Oh, I thought my abuela was like this. And after making these videos, they're like, whoops, looks like all of them are the same. I'm so picturing some down in Cuba. I am picturing some type of like abuela think, Hogwarts right now, just based on what you said. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think, I think all Cuban abuelas go to the abuela school of judgment. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, there's there's many courses there's many courses and... you know that of of all the skits you've done of abuela my favorite i i crack up every time i watch it is when abuela's doing her makeup oh my god that's so old that one's an old one i i love that one because it was so like on point and you hit on so many things that you don't even think about from like the Jean Mate to like I remember the nail polish brand that like you you put I'm like yeah. oh my god it said a nail polish brand can go to the salon that they would buy a Navarro or a Serrano's Farms yeah <laughs> yo you know these little videos I have a lot of fun um making that one was made about almost three years ago but I was already living in L.A., obviously, and so I had my mom ship me a bunch of stuff. You know, I wanted to make sure that I had all the brands on point, and I've kept it. I still have it all because I have a second bedroom dedicated to all that stuff. I have all my props, all la cosita. So I have a little bin just for, like, beauty products. So it has phones. It has Jean Latte. It has Yoletas. It has the nail polish. It has everything um, for future, you know, videos. Uh, so but that one was like kind of mocking that youtube style type like hey guys get ready with me um <laughs> <laughs> that's my um generic white girl youtuber voice <laughs> but I'm like, okay, well, how, what would it look like if abuela did it um and so it was a pretty successful video because it it you know it was very nostalgic for people to see all the little products, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. I will say yeah, something. Yeah, no, no, that one, you hit it right there. I mean, you, you mentioned it's like, oh, it's hard, you know, not to notice people around you when you're with them, you know, day in, day out. But I think that's, I mean, to a degree, yeah, but that speaks a lot to, you know, who, wh where you were like encaminando, even from such a young age. Because most people don't notice the nuances. And it's like, you know, like Darren was saying, yeah. that's what makes these videos ring true. Like, obviously for us, you know, you're 
a Cuban grandmother, right? Like, abuela is every abuela cubana that we've ever known. But I'm sure that you get that same reaction from other, you know, Hispanic ethnicities where it's just like, oh my God, it's just like my abuela from Colombia, just like my abuela from Argentina, just like my abuela. So like, it's interesting, you know, the, the, the nuances translates a lot and you were able to pick up on that. Yeah, which is honestly a relief for me because, you know, you're, you you write what you know you you tell stories about your own experiences and you don't know if people are going to relate mm-hmm. and so the fact that it's she is more of a universal character despite how cuban she is speaks volumes and i think that's why it's so important and i can't express this enough when i you know go to meetings out here and i mm-hmm. discuss this with people in the industry that you need to be as authentic as possible and be all about those details because without those details, it's all lost in my opinion. You're right. I don't, I didn't want to just be a generic Latina grandma. I'm going to be as specific as I can. And it's, and strangely people relate more. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, I get it. I always say, if you try to be all things to all people, then you're nothing to nobody. You know? Yeah. And that's what happens with a lot of shows when they try to represent Latino, I mean, again, the whole Miami thing, it's often misrepresented in media, or it's like the same tiki tiki over and over again, right? Again, the Dexter, the burn notice. And it's like, when are we going to be able to tell the the, the more nitty gritty story, you know, like the Cayocho stories, the Hialeah stories, the Westchester stories, Mm -hmm. towns that people never heard of in Miami, because all they think about is South Beach. Right. Right. And so the more specific you are, you're actually doing a service to your audience, whether they are specifically Cuban or not. Because at the end of the day, it's about relationships. It's about, oh, well, that's how my Italian grandma is. That's my Greek family. I related to my big fat Oh, my um, God, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. That was part of the success. They might as well be Cuban. Yeah. 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 I I was like, the only difference when we saw that, Ish and I saw it together when it came on the theater. I'm like, the only thing we've been doing everything together for the last 30 years, Jenny. I was like, instead of the goats, instead of the goat, we all have a lechon, obviamente. You know? (laughs) (laughs) But everything else in the movie was like spot on to like a Cuban family, you know, intrometido and all that. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you know? Well, Abuela has become quite the icon. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I know it's intense. <laughs> yeah. I never thought this would happen. I mean, I don't know how far 
back, you guys have been following me, but Abuela started off very strangely, and then she's lived on multiple platforms. She lived on BuzzFeed, she lived on MeToo, and now she's finally on my channel. So she's kind of yeah. like been everywhere. ¿Quién lo hubiera dicho? Yeah, no. an evolution. <laughs> We we've been we've been following you since that time and and I, I know you know your grandmother has passed um, but like it, I, it's like if she esa señora would have known that you know she inspired like a, a YouTube or like social media like you know again icon that she was gonna be everybody's abuela you know like I would think like man that's quite the thing she yeah because she got to see a little bit of it like, oh that's she got oh yeah. To see Yeah, she was still alive when I was at, at BuzzFeed and I had started, I had just started Better Life. So she mm -hmm. passed away like soon after the launch of Better Life. Oh, okay. And so, but that means for like the past year and a half, I had been making Abuela videos. Right. Um, yeah. So she had seen them. <laughs> Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did she ever, because like all, you know, all Cuban abuelas, did she ever look at it and say, pero eso no sé, yo no hago eso. Eso yo no lo hago. Like she, was she a little in denial, even though we know that, you know, it was true? No, she strangely laughed. Like she just laughed oh, that's at beautiful. it. beautiful. I think she agreed. Um, my <laughs> grandfather was the one who was like, no, eso no es tú. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was like I don't know. I think I'm actually confusing memories because I think he was just talking about one specific video. But overall, the interesting thing about my family, and I don't mean to knock other you know Latino families or Cuban families, but I've seen it right where mm -hmm. if you are in a Latino household or just Latino in general, and you want to get into the arts, it's usually frowned upon. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know the immigrant experience. Or like, I didn't come from Cuba to America for you know, dressing wigs and to right, hood doing nothing. You know, but I don't know what it was about my family that they were just like, yes, be a star. And then my grandma would always be like, I lantista, lantista. Like that's all she would say. And this was back when I worked at like Univision as like a QC editor for telenovelas. Right. That was my last job before I moved to LA. And she was like, Ay, tu viste Don Francisco. Ay, la cuatro. And she was like, she would tell everyone that I worked at Univision. And I was mm. like, she was proud. the one doing the little commercials. Yeah, she was very proud. Like, they were even proud when I was like the Nesquik bunny. Like, every little husband. <laughs> But she was, she was always super into yeah. it. My, my abuelo was an artist in Cuba. Oh, oh that's probably that, why. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> That helps. Yeah, That he helps. was an artist, but, um, you know, how it is, he had to, you know, he never pursued it. He had to, like, right. paint houses and do whatever he but wanted he to do. But he under he probably understood it because as you said that's something that like with Cuban families especially like no tú tienes que estudiar business administration doctor abogado pero no 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 actor yeah they were like totally my mom my everyone was just like my mom would go to all my school plays um she would drive me to all the competitions she would help make my costumes so I never had an issue doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was never a moment they're like, you know what, Jenny, maybe you uh, <laughs> study something worse. Never. There was never a point. I was like, I'm going to go to theater school. Cool. I'm going to go to film school. Cool. It was even for LA. They were never against me leaving. 
Oh, that's great. Right. To, to move to Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 Oh, you got very lucky. You got very lucky. <laughs> so uh, I want to also talk about, uh, you know, a few other your characters, because again, your characters, <laughs> us being from Miami, we definitely see the Miami in them. We and one of my, my, I think my second favorite character of yours, I forget her name now, is La Peluquera. Um, oh, Maruchi. Maruchi. oh my god I love her Wait. because she's every peluquera in Miami <laughs> can we can we take a minute though can we take a beat because it's it's related to Maruchi the what is it well, I forget the name uh, Misu Queen is that the one that you just released oh yes yo okay no me me riéndome because yo es muy grande like it was phenomenal how and this is but but these are the things that i say you know it's it's commendable like okay tiger king is is like what 10 minutes old and you've already got a freaking short that has like 12 characters all played by you with completely different personalities woman how do you do it like oh yeah like seriously i don't know bottle it I have I have no idea. Honestly, I was in a very bad mood when I filmed it because I'm I was it's just me and my husband here now. I don't have my right. crew anymore right. because we're being good citizens and staying home. So mm-hmm. normally I have my DP and my you know my friend Kevin who helps direct and he does sound. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I have a huge crew or anything, but the, even but having obviously having them is a huge deal. of course, especially having a camera person right. with their own equipment. So I, I mean, thankfully I have all this equipment and stuff, but I don't know how to film, like how my DPs do, neither does my husband. And so we were, you know, I filmed most of it by myself and then my husband helped me film a couple of the parts, uh, you know, quickly. And I don't know how I managed. And then uh, Kevin helped write the script. He actually wrote the majority of that script because I've been so stressed. Um, And so I said, help me write this and then I'll add my character you know improvise and you know but have a, put a skeleton together the outline mm-hmm. so i don't even know how that i mean the videos didn't do super well they didn't go like massively viral or anything but i'm proud of it you know Niña te la comiste. i mean yeah. i'm sorry like the fact yeah. that again uh, yeah. that, that that tiger king thing came out like a week and a half ago and you already have you know and and again now that you even tell a backstory and like it, yeah. it was yeah. phenomenal <laughs> like vaya, te la comiste. Yeah, oh and by the way congratulations on um Hentified because we um we uh, so we interviewed uh, Carlos Santos from Hentified Carlito because we had met him yeah we had met the whole um, gang of Spanish that he presents when we were in LA last year that we we did an episode with them so when Carlos was down here in Miami we, he sat down with us to interview for the podcast so we were all talking about Hentified and there you were uh, after. <laughs> So, congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, it's, it's You're really on cool because I know most of them, and they're they're amazing people. The creators are incredible people, Marvin and Linda. Yeah, yeah, we 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 loved the the series. The series it it, it was both um it was both um identified was both like thought provoking and serious, but hilarious at the same time. Yes, which is exactly their writing style. Like they're they're yeah. fantastic. They're phenomenal. Hello. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was, I I was like, I lost you guys for a second. no, no, no. I was like, ooh, there's a lag. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. No, porque no, imagínate I mean, la tecnología. 
sick. I don't know. Trust me. I've been doing live streams and everyone's like, it's lagging. I'm like, dude, I'm in I can't help you right now. Don't people have a theory today. I cannot go there. Like, you're weepy, bro. Like, deal with it. You know, it's like that. So, so are we going to are we gonna see, are we gonna see any Corona quarantine um, characters that, in, that this whole quarantine inspired coming up or like a new like a new character a new or character a inspired by the quarantine <laughs> well not so much inspired by the quarantine but I've been wanting to release this other character named Giovanni so it's my first male character Ooh, okay. and it's honestly <laughs> I'm, I mean I'm always terrified it takes me a while it took me a very long time to bring out Maruchi the Maruchi was technically the second character that I ever really put a lot of thought into developing after Abuela and I was shitting bricks because I was like oh man <laughs> are people gonna like these new characters after Abuela so I mean I guess this wraps it back around to Maruchi where I always had this idea because again I every time I would go get my hair or makeup done it was at a friend una peluquera and I would go to them like so she's kind of a co combination of two or three peluqueras that I knew in Miami growing up and they worked from mm -hmm. home and they had kids and it was always like chaos and it, you know what I mean it's not a salon right mm -hmm. right 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 so, so I was like <laughs> and then yeah my whole life just like that's what that's what you're kind of raised around just okay we're gonna go to Matika's house yeah, it's and always somehow mm -hmm. turned the laundry room into a salon. Yeah, it's kind of weird when people say they're going to la peluquera and it's actually a peluqueria, not somebody's house, right? Like, it's a little odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like a no brainer. I was like, this is another, this is a character that I really felt like I needed to bring out. But she already kind of came with a package deal with Loritza because the point, the initial idea was like, I need to bring a hairdresser character, but all she does is cheat me on. She doesn't really do hair properly. And then she has a daughter that keeps interrupting her shit and it's ratchet as fuck. And they just, it just doesn't. So every time like a client comes over, this unsuspecting client. And then my friend Donnie Candalis, who plays Fidelia, yes. is the nail tech. Because that was also another thing that I saw growing up my whole life. It was the peluquera always had a friend who would come with her little caboodle and do the freaking uñas. And so, you know what, that's how it happened. Do you know what's incredible about that story, Jenny? Incredible is that that is the same exact thing that it happened with my mother in the 90s. Look at that peluquera used to come to our house and she would bring her daughter. And then she would be cutting my mom's hair and fighting with her daughter. Look, she would come to my parents' house and I'm like, oh my God, my mom, my mom got her hair cut by Maruchi as well. <laughs> <laughs> in the 90s <laughs> that's why like you're so i think that that is like probably one of your your like biggest attributes is like you have so spot on um you know done these characters that they're so again like detailed to perfection to what you really see here and that's like that's quite the feat <laughs> i was thinking about this earlier on how I've been, you know, scared to, not scared, but when it comes to going live, right? Because I've been doing a lot more live streams lately because mm -hmm. of the quarantine. And I'm like, not that I'm not a likable person, but more so that I don't feel like I ever really fit in Miami when I lived there. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's really interesting to me that so many people now watch my videos. Obviously, I'm, you know, specifically people in Miami who who really relate and are like, damn, she nailed it. This is true Miami. But it's funny because when people meet me, right, mm -hmm. they don't think I'm Miami because I'm not the quote unquote stereotype of what you would think I, I should be right mm -hmm. from my looks, from the way I dress. You know, right. I have, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm a pretty big geek, yeah, I was you gonna know, say, so I love I, I was going to touch on that. I was going to say, I really hope that you're still, you know, I know the, the production stuff has taken up a lot of your time, but please don't ever stop doing like gamer stuff and geek stuff. Cause I think you are a voice that is always needed in that realm. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're a woman and you're a Latina and, you know, a gamer. So I know that it's a horrible space to be in sometimes as a woman, as a I Latina, know. who's a geeky gamer. But please don't ever stop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always like, even in my videos, I try to incorporate, like, sometimes the characters will throw out Harry Potter references. I right. just can't help myself, you know, or I'll do those videos that you've seen, like, if Beetlejuice was Latino, I've done um, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, like full on Latino nerd culture crossover videos. And those videos tend to be really fulfilling for me. And also my, you know, my writing partner and my co-director, Kevin, he's also from Miami. He's Venezuelan, Colombian. Oh. And he's like a huge nerd, too. He's like, uh, like a huge, especially like his thing is Back to the Future. Okay. So he's part of all of these like Back to the Future groups and stuff. So <laughs> we are just hardcore. You know, I love Disney. And it's something that I don't feel is often talked about when it comes to the culture. It's just like the culture is the culture. But it's like, well, why can't I mix both of these things? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But that's that's the reason why I didn't feel like I fit in when I lived in Miami. I was I was always kind of like the odd one out. Um, I, it wasn't until I went to college, right. When I, when I went to theater school and film school, that's when I started finding people who were like me right. and I was like, Oh, okay. I'm not, but I, I struggled a lot, you mm -hmm. know, growing up, even through high school, I struggled a lot because I just wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't into a lot of the same things. A lot of Miami girls were. Is that when you were also known as JLo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah because well here's the funny part right because again i'm like a weird hybrid when people say which one of your characters are you most like i'm like i am an even mixture of jocelyn laritza and michi jocelyn's goth and she doesn't speak spanish and she's very dark she has dark humor and that's me like my i mean for crying out loud my husband and i got married on halloween which by the and... way that was a beautiful <laughs> wedding i loved the whole look Thank of it all you. it was super super pretty I was like, I'm not gonna have a tacky Halloween wedding, bro. So I need to make sure this looks classy but scary. Although I and love, so I love, I love the moment that you threw on like the leather jacket, like you were, like you were reincarnating yeah. Tiffany from Child's Play. Okay, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I... yeah, it was also yeah. No, it was. Thank you for that. So I mean, that that is me. Like that's a part of who I am. And then. In terms of Loretta, Loretta's is really colorful, loud, guanasa, but she's not fully Miami. If you really look at her, she sounds super Miami, but she's like Lisa Frank, you know, <laughs> glitter <laughs> Disney. So she's not fully like, I'm going to go clubbing and like, no, she's not that kind of girl. Right. And so yeah. it's, 
it's nice that I'm able to create these characters that I'm like, well, let's see what happens because this is based on me and my experiences, but it's not necessarily, bro, like, super freaking Miami 305. Like, <laughs> that's not... Majority of my characters really aren't like that. But the thing so, is, but but they are three hundred five. That's the beauty of it is that because you're 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 pulling from your own experiences, like you are three hundred five, Wh- whatever that means. Thank you. You know what I mean? And exactly, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Whatever you know, that you, means, exactly. And I, and that and I appreciate that because that's what I want. I want to be able to say to the world, there are Latina goths. There are moms out there like Maruchi who don't cook. Because right. even though Maruti is very Miami Hialeah, but the, the the interesting thing about her is that she doesn't like to cook. Right. And she 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 lets her daughter talk shit to her because they talk shit to each other. And what you see a lot of times online is just the Latina mom is just one kind of way and that's it. She likes to cook. She likes yeah. to clean. If you right. talk back to her, you're going to get smacked by the chancla. Right. And I'm like, yes, there are moms like that. And And, you know, some of my characters kind of have those you know, features like Flor and Abuela. But right. then I'm like, no, I want to have una chufa. <laughs> una, like, a mom who's like my rookie. He's like, you know, yo sé cocinar porque tú sabes, make your mac and cheese y pa' carajo. And those moms exist too. Not every yeah. knows how to cook. I don't know how to yeah. damn cook. My husband is like the better cook, you know? And so I'm like, I'm trying to show that we're diverse even though these are like outlandish characters, of course, you right. know, but they all come yeah. from a good place, except Tia Gloria. She can go to hell. Wait, wait, um, ¿cuál es Tia Gloria? ¿Cuál es Gloria? Espérate. Tia Gloria is the blonde. Oh, she's the one. Gables the Coral Gables on. one. Okay, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The very, the very, no offense to Coral Gables. Listen. Oh. <laughs> I live in Coral Gables. No, I won't know, take any offense. I'm going to speak on behalf of the whole city. We okay, won't take good. offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, like I know plenty of wonderful people from Coral Gables, but she's like those really like presumida, like sí. que hacerla muy, muy. and her daughter's the goth. That's what's funny about the whole thing. So mm-hmm. she's, you know, she always lies about how good she has it, but in reality, her life's kind of a mess. And I'm, I'm gonna give y'all a sneak peek of something I'm trying to, trying to do. So she has a son. Okay. Oh. And I've, I've left Easter eggs here and there. She doesn't just have just Laney as a kid. She has a son who's older and who's gay. And so I, I'm trying, I'm trying, because I, I, my friends, um, I'm, I'm kind of torn between two of my actor friends right now who are incredible. Uh, but I want to do it right. Right. Because that was my fear with bringing out the goth character. I'm like, I don't want to insult the goth community because this is a part of me too. I don't want to. I don't want people to think I'm just making a caricature. Right, yeah. you got you to toe that line. Um, right. Exactly. So I want it to be that he can't. He also can't stand his mom because she's such a judgmental woman. <laughs> so he's studying away in college, but I want there to be an episode where the audience finally meets him. Right. And it doesn't even have to be about his, you know, queerness. It's just him. Like, right. he just happens to be gay, and let's see what happens. Like, mm-hmm. how is he going to interact with her now? Right. Because I don't have any queer characters yet oh, in my true. universe, and I and I want to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and see oh. and see how see how Coral Gable, you know, yeah. a Oguyo, how she's gonna handle that. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. you know? There's so many and, ways and I could go. 
there's so many ways it can go. And I, I, I'm of the mentality when it comes to comedy, because, again, I watched all the old school stuff. But if you watch All in the Family, even Que Pasa USA, there were so many episodes like Pepe being like a homophobic dad. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. when he didn't like it when his son Joe had a gay friend. Right. When Joe went he to heaven. Yeah. You know, he was. <laughs> Exactly. And he was strict with Carmencita about her virginity, but then he wanted Joe to lose his. They touched upon a lot of like really intense topics, but they did it in a way that didn't feel preachy and they allowed the characters to be flawed. So Pepe was a homophobic machita. If you think about it, he didn't like it. He didn't want his wife to work. Yeah. And so, but he loved him at the same time. The what? Yeah. In the streets. <laughs> I work in the streets. In the streets. <laughs> and it's, but that's how some, you know what I'm saying? Like, my abuela character is not, if, if I'm able to bring her to TV, which is my biggest goal, or like bring these characters to television, is we need to allow them to be flawed, like Michael Scott in The Office. That mm-hmm. guy, oh my God. He was like an HR nightmare, you know, (laughs) but we still liked him. He was still charming, but the audience is able to laugh at how ignorant he is. Let me ask you a question. Well, go ahead, Darren. Go Go ahead. (laughs) No, I was going to say, and I think that that what you're saying is especially important nowadays that people, you know, we have this whole thing that people now are so like um, sensitive about things and get so easily offended without like seeing the bottom line of it, that it's like, it's supposed to be a joke. This person is supposed to be, you know, like this. So that would be like great if like you're able to hit upon that, um, especially now. Yeah, it's not easy. I've done it. I've done it here and there. Like one of this video that oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. This changed a lot of my ear. Um, one of the videos that did really well for me was one called When Abuela Meets La Novia. Hmm. And it's about Abuela meeting her grandson's girlfriend. And it's the first mm-hmm. time he brings a Latina home. And she's Puerto Rican. But it turns out that she doesn't speak Spanish. And... She at the very end you find out that she's non-denominational Christian. She's not <laughs> Catholic, and so Abuela yeah, kind of shitty. Like Abuela's super shitty to her the whole time, and it's funny because mm-hmm. some of the comments, and it's not it wasn't the majority, but there were some comments here and there that they were like, "I I don't like Abuela here," and it's like, "Well, good, you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're not supposed to agree with Abuela." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you know, all of our grandparents. And, you know, have certain ways of thinking that we might not agree with. Right. And that doesn't make them horrible people. You know, it's it's about the time they were raised. And there were so, right. there's so many factors that go into these little things. And to avoid being preachy, but also wanting to make a point about something you feel strongly about, mm-hmm. you have to let these characters suck. And as yeah. an audience, you understand, oh, that's wrong. We're laughing at how wrong they are. Right. Not like, ha ha, yeah. Jenny Lorenzo's a yeah. homophobe. <laughs> yeah. which everybody he, knows he you are Jenny. sorry character. <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, but it's never mind the fact that like 90 percent of my friends are, are gay so, <laughs> but yeah like you know and i'm like well this representation needs to happen and so i i'm trying to work that into my little universe no and i um, love that you know i love that because i, I feel like a lot yeah. of times when you have, you know, a Latino character, a black character, a gay character, or, you know, whatever the, the, you know, the minority character is or whatever, 
if they are not, if, it's mm-hmm. almost like if they're anything less than pristine all the time, people kind of say like, oh, but why does the, you know, X character have to be the bitch or the dumb one or the whatever? It's like, well, because sometimes we are like, you know what I mean? So, so we, we come in all shades, <laughs> you know? So I, yeah. I, I, I can appreciate you saying like, listen, we're not all, you know, just going to be the guiding, shining Northern star all the time. One, you know? n- no, no, nobody's, nobody's yeah. one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's one-dimensional, and it's okay to show. And that's what you know. What's great about TV is that you see characters change over time, right? And they become, you know, more aware of themselves. And again, without making it look too Hallmark Christmas special, <laughs> um, if you do it right, and I think that's what's really tough in terms of comedy. But I think a lot of uh, most of my a lot of my comments tend to be about you know, Que pasa USA. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. I spoke to the creator of the show a couple years ago, Luis Santero, and he was mm-hmm. just like, you know, the reason why I was able to get away with how authentic the show was is because it was a PBS show. It was meant to be educational right. for Cubans coming mm-hmm. to Miami. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I didn't have Hollywood breathing down my neck telling me, oh, can you make it like, you know, less Cuban? Can yeah, you maybe not make groups. it so Spanglish? <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that needs to change. I, I, I'm starting to see the movement. You know, again, Hentified is a great example. I'm like, screw that shit. That's why subtitles are there. Yeah. You know, Parasite won a bunch of Oscars. And he was like, <laughs> read the subtitles, you dumbasses. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yeah. missing out on some good shit. And I'm like, I'm not, the, you know, the day that I have a show, I'm there's going to be Spanglish. And there's probably going to be a character or two that speaks only Spanish. Bueno, Jane Too the Virgin. Bad. Yeah. Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Uh-huh. La Buena. No, La Buena and, only and, spoke Spanish. And, and, and now um, we spoke about it this week, the show that premiered on ABC. Oh, yes, The Baker uh, and the Beauty. The Baker and the Beauty. There yeah. was straight up Spanglish there. Uh, I mean, yeah. no apologies. And that's like, I mean, network, major network television in prime time. So, yes. yeah, we spoke about that show in our last episode and how, um, you know, I was afraid they were going to get the Miami Cuban thing totally off. But they had somebody do their, their research, Um in terms of like the little details, uh, we were just a little bit critical. I don't know if you saw it, but we're a little bit critical, but in, in, in good fun of like the location of things on the show. Oh. Like the, the the bakery you, was supposed to be in Little Havana, but yeah. it was clearly in like South Beach because yeah. it was like Art Deco. Did you know that they moved the Cameo Theater to Little Havana according to that show? Because literally the Cameo Theater is like a block away in the establishing shot from the bakery. <laughs> I don't know why, like, I, I wanted to be in on time to watch that premiere, and I didn't get a chance, so I'm definitely going to check it out. It's, Honestly, it's well done, I, I have think to say. it just comes down to, no, 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 yeah, just from the trailer, it looked really good, there is a Cuban actor in it, you know, it's pretty dope, and I I like the premise, and, and everything, so I, need, I just need to give it a shot, if they need, I, I just think, like, maybe they need to hire some Cuban Miami, uh, bueno, I know, I, I know, art, art bueno, I know of one girl in Los Angeles who would be a great consultant. I'm just putting it out there, ABC. I'm just putting it out there. Her name is Jenny Lorenzo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She could maybe be a great consultant. <laughs> oh help my you God. get I'll, some stuff I'll, right. I have a bunch of shit in my closet. I'll bring it over. You have your own prop the department. <laughs> 
bro, even that, even that's something that I'm, I, I feel like if I didn't get into any other aspect of filmmaking, it would be art, art direction, art design. I could because see that, it. Because I'm so detail-oriented que eso me encanta. Like, I love yeah. dressing everything up, you know? It's all about yeah. the details. Bueno, Jenny, I mean, we, we could be another hour with you, pero we, um, <laughs> we uh, hopefully, I mean, this whole corona thing has changed everybody's plans. And we uh, we were in LA last year with, um, well, we, we did an episode with Spanish that he presents, and then we uh, we met our new tia, Martha Darby, which we love, and oh, she's Martha. family to us now. Martha's amazing and um and so we're we're trying we were trying to do uh, another trip in the fall uh maybe it'll happen okay. maybe it won't but we would love because yes. we wanted to interview you in person because of you know again your vibe and your character I'm like oh my god when we sit down with Jenny Lorenzo this is gonna be a trip <laughs> this is gonna be tremendo tremendo so hopefully we could get something yeah <laughs> we could get something you know scheduled for like the fall or something but who knows because we would love oh, to yeah. interview you in person because it would be so much fun but who knows now with you know everything that's going oh, on you know? <laughs> i know <laughs> what i'm freaking wait a minute wait a minute you got married in corona california on halloween is did you unleash something woman Am I gonna have to? <laughs> Just lady did some brujeria and I don't know. Shit, man. I'm so glad that I got married before all this happened. Damn. Yeah. So, like, my, my mom, La Pobre, bought like a $98 plane ticket to come visit me in June. I'm like, oh, mom, that is not gonna happen, my friend. Bueno, you don't know. No. We'll light yeah. a candle. We'll light a candle to all the saints and see what happens. Oh, my God. Yeah. But no, I mean, whenever you guys do make it out here for sure that'd be hilarious yeah. that'd be so much fun so yes. even if yeah. it's just thank you so much yeah even if it's just for a drink or you know hang listen we've we already yeah, ate like yeah. f- we already ate at four different portos so if there's a fifth we can go to that one i mean it's just you know <laughs> <laughs> well there's a portos right by me because i'm uh, burbank oh so we probably went to that one because it was when we were down in burbank Burbank was the first one we went to. That's the small, right? The smaller one, right? Which we thought was Burbank. Burbank is their smallest store, but it's the first store we. Yeah, it's the first store we went to, and when we saw, we're like, "Oh my god, this is the biggest bakery we've ever seen!" And then we went to the one in um, the one by the by the thing by now. Yes, and then we went to the one in West Covina. Yes. That's like the oh, size of a BJ's. You <laughs> that was like hopping. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we what did. The hell? We did. We did. You we did. To, you need to go uh, to Floridita Cuban Restaurant because I know the owner. They're pretty dope people. Okay. Ah, uh, bueno, then you okay. know what? Well, you'll take you, us. You'll take, you'll take us. us. If you're available. We'll, we'll make yes, it. Yes, I will take you. Eating the amo. Yeah, we have plans. We have plans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so. Awesome, man. This was a fun conversation. Thank no, you. No, you're you're awesome. Jenny, and finally, we scratched Jenny yes. off the list. Jenny was like in our top three, top five list of people we wanted to have when we first started, and finally we got Jenny. Hi, that means a lot, you guys. Yes. Seriously, and I, bro. And I will say it was worth the wait. And you know what? Honestly, my only regret with this interview is like like Darren was saying that we had to do it over the phone. You know, like that's the only regret. Pero, with that said. You know what, girl? I know we're gonna reach out and talk to you again at some point, and and you have an open invitation exactly. to stop by whenever you want. Exactly.
Hey everybody, Ish here. Mira, with all this sheltering in place, let's face it, things are about to get peludo y medio. And I'm not just talking about the hair on your head. Enter Manscaped, the best in below-the-belt electric trimmers and basically making sure your crotch doesn't look like a rainforest. Listen, I was once like you guys. I was absolutely terrified of using an electric trimmer on the boys. I mean, I can hear you all saying it now, but there's no way I'm putting something that sharp, that close to my junk. But listen, they took 18 months to perfect the greatest ball trimmer ever created, the just-released Lawnmower 3.0. And I can tell you from personal experience, that bad boy works without leaving your nutsack looking like an extra of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer even has an LED light, which allows you to see, bueno, the forest for the trees. <laughs> and you know what's even better than painlessly keeping your wibbles neat and trim without having cuts and bumps all over them? How about getting 20% off and free shipping if you use code PERO at manscaped.com? Uh-huh, así mismo. Use code PERO and get 20% off your order and free shipping from manscaped.com. Dale, order today. Trust me, your balls will thank you. And we're back. See, this is where I always want to put the doo-doo. <laughs> Wake up, San Francisco. <laughs> Well, but after hearing Jimmy Lorenzo, nobody falls asleep. No, I mean many things, but asleep it is not. You know, she. Oh my god, that yeah. woman has so much energy. Like I, I kind of want to like put her in a in like a Red Bull can. You know, yeah. it's just, I really hope. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, next week. Uh, I really hope that you know if we do part two of our pedo. Let me tell you, not if, quests. not if, when, when, <laughs> when we do. Well, whether it's this year or next year, right, but next right. year's so far away. But if we are able to do it in the fall, like we did last year of our California-based episodes, right. our West Coast-based um, content, that we're able to like pin her down and like you know be able to interview her in person because she her energy is so good that I just think like the three of us like having a chat in person will like if this was funny that will be like freaking yeah. off you know off the rocker so yeah, yeah. i mean i'm so but i'm so happy that even by phone we were finally <laughs> able to get there it only took a pandemic yeah you know like we should be proud of ourselves because you know i'll never forget when you told me we're gonna try i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get juan pablo de pachi and i'm like i find juan pablo de pachi i like he's he a busy guy. Like, he's he's got to do. With the stars, you know. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's reaching. And we got him. Not only did we get him, like <laughs> the hustle is real. Nobody's gonna give you anything. You gotta, you gotta get out there and work for it. You know what? You know how they say you should to put things on in the universe. Yep. You know, we put Jenny out of the universe and we got her. We will on Pablo and we got her. So I've told you who I really want to get. So let's well, put it on the universe. Gina Torres. Gina Torres. G- and we did it at the same time almost. <laughs> so Gina, if you're listening or if anybody who knows Gina is listening, feel free to, you know, to hook, to hook us up and, and we'll make something happen. You know how people use that word now today? Oh, so-and-so slaves. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to talk about slay, you talk about Gina, Gina Torres and Jessica Pearson. Like... <laughs> Oh, anyway. So all this slaying has made us really thirsty. Yes, yeah, so it's time for our last soda. And I think you, you've got it this week, right? Yes, our last soda. So um, as you guys know, in 
ever since this whole crazy pandemic thing started, um, we've been kind of giving joint sodas to kind of um, give a shout out to um, to people, companies that are doing great things. Oh, and by the way, guys, to our listeners, uh, the response has been great on people sending us oh, yes. uh, fr- uh, workers like yes. uh, on the Hero front lines. And yeah. Essential, yeah, essential workers. So keep them coming. I mean, we're going to keep posting them, but if you have people you want us to recognize yeah. on our page uh, for being out there, whether they're a nurse, a doctor, a pharmacist, uh, an EMT worker, a firefighter, a police. Somebody, a who start, who, somebody who's even started like, you know, a charity. You know, or, yeah. or an initiative, things like that. You know, people that are putting their neck out on the line during the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah, uh, let us know. Send us your info and their picture. We'll be more than happy to post it. But well, I want to give the last Coke to today. I'm very actually excited because I freaking love them, as you probably have heard in a hundred and what is it, six, seven, seven episodes. Mm. I want to give my last soda to Publix. <sighs> I'm so happy that you're going to do that because I know this week, it, you know, you, you were, you know, who picked it and I didn't know who it was till right now, but that's who I wanted to give it to this, this week as so, well. So Publix, obviously if you're from the Southeast United States, you know that Publix is amazing. You know, as I tell people that are Earth. not from, as I, as I tell people that are not from the Southeast of the U.S., I'm like, listen, I know it's really weird to kind of be in love with a supermarket, <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, who loves their? I mean, it's a supermarket, right? Like, who like loves a supermarket, right? But it's like, you know, when you're not the only one that loves Publix, when you see that everybody loves Publix, it's like, okay, it's for a reason. It's right? kind of a cult, in right. a good way. So, Publix, a little bit of history on Publix. Publix actually it always consistently ranks as like top three supermarket chain in the US. Mm -hmm. And it always ranks like in the very top of um, employer choice lists. I'll say uh, companies that- um, They're good places to work. They're good to to work for because at the end of the day, you know, they are a supermarket, right? Uh, And they give all their benefits like insurance, 401k, pensions. Um, They give them like all these great benefits, Mm -hmm. which is like amazing for a supermarket chain. So just that, that, that's how they've always done their business. Just that alone deserves them a um, last (laughs) last Coke, a last soda. soda. But but, um, there's two things in particular that they have done during the coronavirus that definitely definitely um deserves uh to give them recognition so um in a lot of uh, shopping centers that Publix is the anchor store in in a certain percentage of those shopping centers they own the land and they own the shopping center so in those uh locations where Publix owns like the shopping center that they're in mm-hmm. they have waived the rent on the stores that are in the shopping center oh wow i didn't know that right and usually those would be small businesses of course right usually yeah strip malls so, yeah right so they have waived rent i think it was for, for at least for now is for two months that's um really nice which that's i mean imagine that you don't have to pay your rent that's usually aside from labor that's your biggest expense right yeah um so that in itself is incredible the other thing that they have done is that so now because schools are closed and like cruises are closed and so many things restaurants are are, restaurants are closed 
believe it or not, there is an abundance of food. Yeah. Yeah. Local, local. From, from crops and, you know, vegetables dairy and farms and dairy and all that stuff. So Publix is actually buying this extra food from these farmers and these dairy yeah, uh, the farms and all that. And all these distributors giving them money, right? And then they're taking that food and sending it to food banks. Yeah. They're, I mean, essentially giving it away. So the the, the, the main reason why I wanted to, to give the spotlight to Publix is because so many times we hear about corporate greed. Well, like we did we this hear, episode. Uh, right. We <laughs> hear about companies that all they care about is the bottom line and all they care about is just making more money and more money and more locations and this and that. And here you have a company that is a very big company because Publix is a very big and powerful supermarket chain. Yeah. But somehow they have stayed involved in the community and done what's right to the community and their workers. So Publix, you get our last soda. Yes, absolutely well deserved. See, I didn't know about the the, the first part. I did know about the second. Uh, and that's why I was like, oh, I would hope, you know, if, <laughs> I hope that's the reason he's giving it to him. Um, you know, again, what more can be said? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's a reason to, to what you said earlier. There's a reason that we extol the values of and virtues and the love of Publix, you know? And then they go mm-hmm. around and they do stuff like this, which only goes to prove it a little more. So, yeah. yeah. So, they are absolutely wonderful. So kudos. And they kick ass at the supermarket. <laughs> kudos to them. So, anyway, well, that was episode 107, another coronavirus uh, in the books. episode in the books. <laughs> So um, we hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. And again, especially during this time, thank you for staying with us. We hope that we can provide some type of entertainment and, you know, laughter in this grim situation we're all in. So, um, you know, again, yeah, thank you for sticking with us, for listening to us. And um, things will get back to normal eventually. And um we hope you grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your jupinilla. And thank you very much. That was episode 107. Yeah, stay safe, mi gente. Bye. Bye. Happy Friday. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.